Oh, now it's recording. Awesome. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Modern Homeschooler. I'm Molly, and we had slight technical difficulties, so that's why I was surprised when it started recording. <laughs> anyway, I am here with a kind of new friend. We've been friends for a year now or so. Um, this is Laren Mann, who is here with me today, and she was my kid's foundations tutor at Classical Conversations this year. For those of you who don't know what Classical Conversations is, because I haven't talked about it a ton on my podcast, uh, it's a homeschool curriculum company that also includes one day a week community day that you go to. And there, um, people like Laren teach my kids, tutor my kids, excuse me, for the day. And then I go home and do the other info. So if you want other Classical Conversations info, you can um, go to their website, classicalconversations.com, because we are talking about it today. Or you can ask me questions. But for those moms who do do classical conversations, I'm doing a topic for that today. So today we're going to be talking about challenge because Laren's son just finished challenge A, which is seventh grade for those who don't know. So everyone is freaking out who's going into challenge for the first time. That is correct. <laughs> and so I thought I'd get her on here because on the threads, on the on the Classical Conversations threads online and everywhere, anyone who has a kid going into challenge for the first time, which is seventh grade, they're all freaking out. They yeah. don't know what to do. And so I thought I'd get Laren on here because not only did she just have her son uh, complete Challenge A this year, she is going to be my kid's Challenge A teacher next year. Yes. So... I'm going to learn all the things I need to know right now. Yeah. About what I have to do for my son. Yes. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, I'll introduce so. myself a little bit. Uh, my name is Laren, and I, yes, will be a Challenge A director next year. And what that means, for those of you guys that don't understand classical conversations yet, is that basically I... Um, teach a class of seventh grade students about seventh grade level we call it challenge a and i am my own entity so that class um i direct it and uh interact with the parents as well as the students and um basically run that um alongside of another um campus maybe foundations or essentials Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's what I do. I've been in classical conversations. This will be our uh, fifth year, and I have a daughter who's 10 who is in Foundations and Essentials for her last year coming up, and then my son will be in Challenge B next year. Uh, so that is a little bit about us. Yeah, totally. And for those who don't know, Foundations and Essentials are uh, Foundations is for grades one through or K four through sixth grade, and Essentials is an English and math program in the afternoons for fourth through sixth graders. So that's what she's talking about for those. And yeah, and so it is kind of crazy because I think in the homeschooling world, it's all about kind of go with the flow, do what you want, and then all of a sudden your kid hits middle school, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> like Yikes. things are getting real. Like, yes, that does happen. And so I feel like, and, and that's why I was excited to do this because, yeah, there's so many podcasts out there about like, go with the flow, take the whole summer off, like do what you want to do. But like, but all the, if, if you have a kid who's like in high school or like getting that way in the world, like you want to do what you can. Yes. And so I find yeah. that a lot of parents think that homeschooling is 
either super easy or super fun in elementary school years and then we get to middle school and high school and they're like okay well let's let someone else deal with this now because <laughs> it's really difficult and I don't understand the work um and I and I think that that happens sometimes and mm-hmm. so y- you get to these years in challenge and for CC years for people who are in CC a lot of us stick with it and we're excited about challenge and it's an amazing program and excited about the breadth of work that the kids will do and the knowledge that they'll gain. But as a parent, it can be extremely daunting because the subject matter gets a little bit more difficult. Um, The guide is uh, a good way for you guys to understand what the kids are doing, but it also can be a little bit uh, overwhelming to try to get your kids through that amount of work. So... I think parents can can sometimes struggle with it, and you know, I'm just here today to say it's it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, I think sometimes why people get overwhelmed is because it does get serious. I mean, they do have required reading. There's a lot more that's required if you're a part of the program, and the problem is is that the parent gets all of the information for the entire year in one foul swoop in one moment mm-hmm. where like if you if you have a, if you're in the public school system and you have a seventh grader you get baby fed spoon fed the food throughout the year the food the the news the info throughout the year it's not like the teacher sits with you in august and says this is everything we're going to cover from here to the end of the year right and so i think that's part of the problem is moms get overwhelmed because they see this huge picture versus but yeah, like clearly the curriculum company, the classical conversations has done their job to know everything. So yeah, um. small chunks, I think really help. Um, it can feel daunting and overwhelming, especially when you're looking at subject matter. Like, hey, you get to start teaching your kid Latin this year. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it can be really difficult to look at that and, um, you know, not be overwhelmed by that and not wonder how am I even going to do this, you yeah, know? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, just looking looking at the curriculum, I think having good directors helps and just taking it, like, chunk by chunk, making sure that you're not getting overwhelmed with the information. It can be a lot to look at, but there are ways around that. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy to take the info and, um, and, you know, break it up into smaller pieces and, and really walk your kid through it. I think what happens a lot of the time is that parents get bogged down by trying to create too much independence in their kids in this first year of challenge uh, and not being hands-on enough mm. to help the kids have a successful year. I think a lot of people get to the end of challenge and find that they're disappointed because Mm. they didn't spend enough time with their kids and the information and then maybe their kids, um, they they might feel like their kids didn't uh, do enough or that that they didn't get enough out of the info and that might be because the parents didn't actually engage enough with them. Yeah, because what's interesting with um, classical conversations, those first... Six year until sixth grade in those younger years, the parents required to stay on campus. And then in seventh grade is where classical conversations start saying, okay, it's time to start teaching your kid independence. Some parents are like, cool, kick drop them at the door. See ya. <laughs> See you later. And then they never really pick up. It's like 
it's kind of it kind of reminds me of Institute for Excellence in Writing, where they say at the beginning of writing papers, you cannot help your kids enough with writing papers, yeah. mm-hmm. and you feel like you're cheating because you're helping them so much. But eventually, they start asking to do it alone, and I feel like you have to repeat that process all over again in seventh grade. Yeah, because it is a, it is a drop off program. So not yeah. only are you, do you not have to be there, you, you know, then they get their homework, and you just like. There has to be that in between yeah. where you're helping them and guiding them, but they're taking ownership. Yeah. So that's a big mistake people make. It's hard. When my son went through challenge this year and I wasn't able to go to his class as much as I would have in the past. And the the one day that I started going um, and went a few days after that, I was floored. And just being in the classroom that day was so much fun it was fun to interact with the kids and to see what they were doing on that community day so that I could understand better how the work we were doing all week was helping to lead Mm. up into that community day I think a lot of parents who sort of take that independence approach and don't work with their kids enough uh, they don't understand what that work at home, what it's leading up to for that community day, if they never go to the community day to Mm. see how that day is going along. Uh, It's hard for parents to understand what exactly they're doing on that day Mm. um, and how they're interacting with the information. So they maybe don't prioritize that, that work getting done during the week. Or if they are prioritizing the work getting done during the week, they are maybe not interacting with their kids and the work in such a way that it's helping the kids to build uh, those bridges and build that foundation of being able to wrestle with the information and uh, talk to somebody about it and have conversations, which is, that's the goal of Challenge A is to help these kids work into a place where they are able to wrestle with the information, where they're able to talk to somebody and discuss it. There's a lot of um, the curriculum that is specifically built that way for the kids to be able to uh, engage in the information and not just memorize a ton of stuff. There is still a lot of memory work in the Challenge A year, but there is space for the kids to wrestle with the information, and if they don't have a parent Hmm. working with them, then they don't get a chance to do that, and they only get that on one community day, which is Mm. great, but once a week is not enough. They need to have time to work it through. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I was talking to someone else recently and just about Challenge A. They're like, oh, I'm like, yeah. I was like, well, I'm I'm planning to go to the first couple weeks of Challenge just to see what it's like and whatever. And I remember the person going, oh, you can do that? You can go in there? And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you're the parent. It's like... The way that it had been presented, I don't, not here at this mm-hmm. campus, because um, I was working at a conference this weekend in, in a classical conversations booth, so I was I talked to a lot of people, and um, and they were had a lot of these questions about Challenge A. I'm like, ask your director and go to the first meeting, like or yeah. literally go. She's like, I thought I couldn't go because it's drop off, which means I can't attend. I'm like, that's no. not that's not that's not it at all. It's just funny how people put these assumptions. In the way that challenge works, it starts before the the younger classes start by like right. weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like you're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna miss the first week of our our CC day for yeah. my younger kid who's not in challenge because challenge A will already have started. Right. So, yeah, the schedule is much different. Like being 15 weeks per semester versus 12 weeks per semester, we have a greater time period that we're working. But yeah, I think that it, it's hard. 
I wrestle with that a little bit because I think that there's some some of that that comes down from CC corporate that we're not getting the right messaging necessarily, but then also that like the directorship, it's hard. There's a lot to remember and you do have to remember to be welcoming to your parents and to ask them to be a participant in your class. I think it's also intimidating. Some challenge directors maybe don't want parents in there because they're like, you know, (laughs) it gets crazy. And it's a lot and it's, you know, it's a daunting task to be a tutor for that age level and that class. And there's a lot that you have to know. So I can see where it would be daunting for some directors to have parents in there. But I guarantee that, like, there are no parents that are going to be sitting in there nitpicking the director no, because no. most parents don't want to be in that position. Like, they're There's, happy that somebody yeah. took that role <laughs> yeah, on. Exactly. They're so overwhelmed. Like, I don't want to go in there to nitpick you. I want to go there just so I understand what he's doing. Exactly. And be able to help him the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And once I've gone there a couple of times, I'll get the gist. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to come back, but I at least need to be able to help him, you right. know. But, like... And that's what I just find, I just thought it was funny that they had that perspective where, and I see that where it is. It's like, oh, you're in seventh grade, like you're done. Like you're done with stuff. But, and also too, if anyone who's not CC uh, savvy, she keeps interchanging the words director and tutor because when she, when you go into challenge, you become your own director and tutor at the, you're the, you're, it's synonymous. You're the same thing. So she doesn't have a person above her in the sense that if she was a tutor for essentials, the youngers, she would actually technically have what we would consider a boss who is a director. director so so she is the director and tutor for that so just and in it's case. hard too because we really in cc they really strive to um separate the roles of tutor and teacher because yeah. as a parent you are always your student's teacher and you always have the final say about what work they're doing and how your family interacts with the information but uh i never were refer to myself as the teacher of the class of challenge a because i'm not i'm the tutor of the challenge a class but also the director and so yeah Yeah, it gets a little complicated but i know and i say teacher but like i know what like i know that you're the tutor but i say teacher because it's the same like because honestly if i was in the public school i would still look at the teacher there as a tutor like i would still be like no 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 no. i'm still in charge of my kids like i just have that so to me it's no different but yes so that's why i correct myself if i call her teacher by accident because that's a big no-no in cc stuff it really is um But, but anyway, so that so the biggest fear is that people have is how do they prepare their just finished sixth grader into for the summer? Yeah. How what is the best way that a person could prepare their kid for going into challenge next year? Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people kind of overextend themselves in the summer too. Like we have to do all this map drawing and learn all the Latin flashcards and do all these things. And I really, you know, I. Ca- I don't caution against it. I think you can do whatever you want as a parent and and do what you know is best for your kiddo. Uh, I think for me, coming right off of Challenge A, having a kid who um, is a strong reader but didn't love reading, having a kid who was a little bit disagreeable when it comes to like workload, I knew for us the best thing that I could do was really start the reading sooner. So for our family, we definitely did read-alouds and audiobooks through the summer to get ready for the workload in Challenge A. What I found 
coming to the end of the year was that we didn't get through all the books in the summertime doing oh. read-alouds. So the read-alouds were the required reading list? Yes. Okay. So yeah. we took the required reading list and uh, I did a lot of Audible and then I did read-alouds as a family. We took a few mm -hmm. of the books and I read them aloud. Um, but I would recommend either read-alouds as a family, audible, or reading the books prior to the year. What I found was when we got into the year, the time frame that you have to read the book and write the paper on the book seems like a lot, but in reality, it's not a lot. <laughs> it's not a lot of time. Yeah. So especially if you have a kid that needs to mull over the information a little bit more, or takes a little bit longer time reading hmm. the actual material, you cannot read the book and do the Lost Tools of Writing English okay. work. Okay. In the it's hard to get it done. So it's actually better if they have a little bit of an understanding of the book and they can sort of skim back through it when they get to it during the year okay. in order to get their Lost Tools of Writing English essay work done. Um, and I don't say, like, they don't write a paper for every single book the writing is progressive so I don't want to freak people out like you're not writing a full essay for every single book that they read mm -hmm. but when you get into the year the writing program there's also a learning curve for that and so mm -hmm. you don't as a parent you don't want to be overwhelmed trying to help them through a writing curriculum as well as trying to get them uh, to read a book in a in a short amount of time, there isn't mm. quite a bit of reading in Challenge A. Mm. It does lessen as you go up in the years. But that was the thing that I was super overwhelmed with trying to help him get through those books during the year. And then at the end of the year, we had not read, like, three of the books. Mm. And, and it really was a slog. Like, it was crazy time. <laughs> so, like, definitely my biggest advice is... Um, doing interacting with the reading material during the summer that's a huge plus if you can get that kind of stuff done okay um, a lot of people say that they should practice map drawing or um, work with that material I don't know that there's a lot of other things for me the amount of time that they had to complete the work is sufficient um, okay. during the year. And I don't think that there's a lot of like precursor and in interaction that you need to do. If you are looking for activities for your kids to do during the summer in order to get ready for challenge, I definitely think, um, yeah, map drawing or, um, just even going back over the memory work from foundations. If you've never been in foundations before, Maybe even just getting your hands on the memory work for mm. the geography section of okay. foundations. But if you do have kids that have gone through foundations, just reviewing that memory work even is going to help them as they get into challenge and they have to draw a map every week of a different area and label it with all those regions, countries, capitals, states, mm -hmm. whatever section of the world that they're in. Like that, it can be daunting if you yeah. don't even know that information right. yet. Right. So. Just making sure that you have a good, you know, working knowledge of the places is helpful. But I feel like the, the weeks that they are working on those uh, maps, it's enough. If, mm. if they actually do it the way the curriculum lines out, uh, then they do end up 
at the end of the year, having a super good understanding of world geography. I do have an aside, though, about Hmm. geography, which I think is really interesting. Hmm. Um, And I don't know if you've ever researched this. There is, uh, there's sort of this thing floating around. I found a map on the internet because we were talking about the actual size of the world and how they changed the topography of, so most normal flat maps that you Mm -hmm. look at, the proportions of uh-huh. the countries and oh, places off, are right? way off. Like, oh, way right. off. So I'm actually kind of concerned about it, and I'm, I'm going to address it as a director because I do not want my challenge class drawing a map where Greenland is the same size as America. Yeah. Like, on, an, on a real, like, real life, Greenland yeah. is like a postage stamp it's compared true, to America. Yes. And so I think that's yeah. so crazy. So you really have to be careful if you are wanting your kids to have a good understanding yeah. of yeah. how the world is actually... Um, you know, how the states and countries, like, what sizing they are and the ratios... Do you might want to look up some new maps on the interwebs. <laughs> I know they're going to memorize all these maps this year and like two years from now. The, yeah. The country, like they're going to say no. Just like they're like, right. yeah, no, Pluto's not a planet anymore yeah. or whatever. <laughs> that's not a country. I, th- that's not a country. Oh, that was yeah. a thing too. Yes. There was yeah. there was a country in Africa that is no longer, it's a different country or they oh. renamed it or oh. it's no longer what it was supposed to be. I, it, that hmm. that was something that came something up that came this up? last year. But, I don't know. Yeah, well, just like, the whole... I thought about it this last year when we were flying back from France and we landed in Greenland. Yeah. And then, or no, Iceland. We yes. went to Iceland. Took off, landed in Iceland and took off. So I saw from the air and I'm like, this does not seem like we <laughs> took very long for us. <laughs> to, and I'm like, I know we're on the tip, but I know like... Because they have the map on the plane that yeah. shows, like, where you're traveling. Right. Like, so I saw we, like, traveled over a good portion of Iceland yeah. and landing. And I was like, that, this seems a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah, it was, like, a weird notion. And, yeah. But, so yeah. I definitely think there's some some discrepancies in some of the maps that we're using in order to, I just, you know, I. Yeah. But it's, it's not a CC discrepancy. It's, like, a world. No, world discrepancy. Like, world discrepancy. And so, yeah. If, if as Challenge A parents and tutors and directors, like, yeah. if we're trying to have our kids have a good knowledge, a good working knowledge yeah, of the planet, totally. you know, I just want to make sure that, that we get that right. But also, I think more so the the heart of, like, CC and especially geography. Like, mm-hmm. I love geography, so that's, you know, yeah. it's just something that's close to my heart. But in order to have the kids have a good working knowledge, the heart of it is basically that they just know, you know, where well, countries yeah. and capitals are. Yes. And, like, you know, that India is in Asia, not South America. Like, yeah. they just need to have a good working knowledge of the planet. And so, you know, the sizing isn't necessarily going to kill them either way. I just think it's it's one of those things where, yeah. you know... As a human, like we should just have a good understanding mm-hmm. of yeah. our world and how things actually are. I know, right? <laughs> and if I can, you know, impart that information mm-hmm. better, like, but yeah, I think it's just some of those things are, you know, fun to kind of explore as families over the summer. Yeah, it's a super fun thing to do. So, if so, one other thing people keep asking on the threads um, online is what books they need to get for Challenge A. 
And, yeah. and the, this is the thing I wasn't sure about is, is it seems like there's a little bit of option for the director to choose some of the materials or not. Or is that just like, because like you need to ask your director. They keep asking that. I'm like, well, if there's a list, then yeah. there should be a list. But maybe the director gets to decide if there's some books we're not going to cover. Nope. Yeah, oh. that's not a thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm why? pretty sure that's not a thing. I think there's there is some... There's some material that is optional to, like, add to the curriculum or to yeah. add to what we're working on. There are some things that are optional. Um, so, for example, the book Words Aptly Spoken, a lot of people don't really understand what that book is. Mm-hmm. And they also, it's in the list of things for Challenge A. But it is actually, it is a piece of material that uh, helps you interact with the literature um, better. So as a parent, you would take words aptly spoken and your child would read said novel that they were supposed to be reading for class. And as the parent, you could ask them questions. So Words Aptly Spoken is a really awesome resource that gives you questions that you can um, ask your kid so that they can dig deeper into the information mm. that they're given in the novel that you'll actually understand um, it, it's a comprehension book so okay. you can see whether they've actually read the book okay. or you can have a good conversation about the material oh. that's presented in the novel and it also helps them to then begin to uh, get into information that they're going to need for their writing So they can start to pull out more information from the novel based on questions that you can ask them. But the words aptly spoken resource, like I wouldn't require my parents to buy that because it's not something that the kids are going to use on a daily basis. It's something that the parents would use to help the child get through the novel information. So there's stuff like that. Mm. Um, As far as... Uh, or that could even be a book that if you say, yeah, it's good, I could buy an old edition of it for five yeah. bucks and it would be fine. Yeah. It's not like I need to buy it new because it's... No, exactly. Yeah. And it's okay. definitely... Because I, I, it's for me at I'm home. almost positive that's not a required resource. I know I picked it up because I wanted it mm-hmm. for my, you know, shelf, okay. but it's not something that... And I actually didn't even use it that much last okay. year. Uh, the only time I used it is if I hadn't read the book that he was reading and I needed to ask him questions to see how far, you know, where mm-hmm. we were at as far as his comprehension of the novel. Um, so, yeah, you don't necessarily need anything. But maybe like if you that. have a mom who isn't really, didn't read a lot of literature in high school and mm-hmm. still hasn't read a lot of literature and might help her to be able to have if, a good conversation with Yeah, the and if you don't have time to read yeah. the books, totally. there it's a, the challenge A book list is pretty extensive and if mm. you as a parent don't have time to read those novels, that is a super helpful resource mm. for you to have in order to ask questions so that but you as, can as a general purpose though they, as, they assume that the parents are reading all the novels that the kids are reading. I don't necessarily okay. think that's okay. true. Yeah, I don't think that they think that the parents are reading the books. Okay. But if you have a kid that's going to need help working through the writing process, then you're going to have Then you're going to need yeah. to read the books. And what I found was when there was a book that I didn't read or that I didn't know a lot about, I had a lot harder time helping him through his essay writing mm. because I had zero 
small facts from the books to pull out to help him add to his writing. Oh, okay. Because I didn't, I knew the general premise of the book, but I didn't know little details. All the stuff really helped. But when I had read the book or when we'd read it together, I was much better able to help him pull out the details that he needed to expand in his writing of his essays. So that's another reason why you can't just like check out when your kid's in seventh grade because there has to be that you know, they still have to learn to be able to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. And really, if you've done CC for many years, this is completely new. There has not been uh, a ton of uh, teaching in this area from the parent perspective. Like, because like we do IEW papers, yeah. but that's like keyword outlines and rewriting a story. Right. This is not analyzing a book. And the thing about CC is that when, when you start working up into these challenge years, that's that's when the program begins to shift. So you get from that grammar stage where they are just memorizing information mm-hmm. and intaking and intaking and not asking a lot of questions. There is still some of that in challenge A. So you you definitely have a lot of memorization that's still happening. They're yeah. memorizing things in geography. They're memorizing things in Latin. They're memorizing you know science. There are still those parts, but this is the first year where they really start to be able to get into that dialectic stage where they are beginning to start to ask questions, mm-hmm. beginning to start to interact with the information and really kind of suss things out. And yeah, so it does help a lot if you can uh, be a part of that with them and also if they do get to a place where they are wrestling with some information. I don't know. Should I put this in my paper? You know, which question should I ask? Mm-hmm. With the writing program that we use, Lost Tools of Writing, uh, from the Circe Institute in Challenge A, the program, the the essays that they write are all um, whether someone should or should not do anything. So they're mm. starting that persuasive essay writing. Mm. So they're they're already beginning to wrestle. They have to decide between one or two things. They Mm -hmm. have to say, should this person, should they have done it or should they not have done it? Mm. Uh, Should this have happened or should it not have happened? Mm. So they're already starting to wrestle with that stuff and they can do that on their own, but I just feel like, isn't it better that they have somebody there that can walk through that with them and they can talk about it. And that's kind of a huge integral part of homeschooling is that we want to shape their worldview. Yeah. Like, and so it's interesting that when we finally reach the dialectic stage or like where they're actually having to hash out worldview issues, should they, shouldn't they have? Yeah. That's like, this is when I actually get to be the mom I've wanted to be, which is to have deep conversations about things that matter. Yeah. You know, and instead we're just going to kick... Like, and, see you and, later. <laughs> and I don't want to make it sound like all these moms do totally leave their kids behind. Um, but it, it is, it's a common theme. More so, I think, what happens is moms kind of just let off the reins too much. And then, you like you were saying, six weeks later, they write this really bad paper. And the mom flips out. Like, well, why isn't he learning? Yeah. And it's you, you left... It, it's not the program's fault. It's your fault. Yeah, I think as a parent... Y- you want your child to begin to get independent. You want them to begin to understand how to sort of learn information on their own, problem solve, do all those things. Uh, But this is just the first year that they're stepping into that. And I think CC as a program, they, they really push um, that this is like a walk together. And I think parents sometimes don't see that or ignore Mm -hmm. that, 
um, CC as a program is saying, hey, this is the year when you're helping your child understand and mm-hmm. learn independence. It's not just like push them into it and see you later. Yeah. So I think that there is that, there's that give and take there. P- people need to understand that there is um, sort of a fine line. Like you want them to do some things by themselves, but mm-hmm. it this is the fun time. Yeah. Like this is the time when we get to interact with our kids and and actually chat with them and go over information. I had so much fun last year going through the um, It Couldn't Just Happen and the Fallacy Detective with my son. Those were his favorite subjects. And Mm -hmm. it really was us sitting down with the book, reading the chapter together, and then discussing it, talking about how he felt, talking about what it said and um, what that means within the, like, the larger worldview and our view and how we can sort of connect those. And I think you just, you really do miss out on a lot if you're not able to do some of that interaction Mm -hmm. with your kids, but also you can't expect miracles if you dump your kid off to do all their work by themselves and they don't perform well because they are, some kids are ready to be at that level of independence and a lot of kids are not. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, these kids are only 12. They're only 12 years old. Yeah. They are not, yeah, and I just forget that. But so we also, they also cover science, right? They have mm-hmm. to do a science project at the end of the year, right? Yeah, for so the way grade? that it works for science is the first semester they build up to the science fair by doing a research project every week on a different sort of life form. So they'll mm-hmm. do um, in different animals, uh, maybe a plant or some other things, and they're supposed to do a little research project. Uh, each week on that particular whatever the subject is for that week and then in the final stages of the first semester uh, that's sort of mm, November December ish they start working on their science fair project and that is basically getting them to interact with the scientific method so they form hypothesis they they see a problem and they experiment on something and then they come up with their science fair project. There's two different options for science fair. You can either build a machine that makes the world better, basically, like build something that's a needed machine, or you can do a science experiment using the scientific method. So they spend quite a bit of time doing that at the end of the first semester. And then the second semester is all body systems um, analysis. So they work on nine different body systems. They draw and memorize the structure. And then at the end of that semester, they get to do dissections, which we just finished. Mm. Uh, I did those dissections with my son's class, which was so fun and super cool. (laughs) it It was funny, the kids who were into it and those that weren't, but then just the parents were like, this is so awesome. <laughs> so it was actually really cool, and they got to dissect a heart, uh, an eye of a, a pig, cow. A pig heart. Yes, no, a pig heart. an adult. So all animal, all animal <laughs> organs. So they did a brain of a sheep, an eye of a cow, and the heart of a pig. Mm-hmm. And then I think they also had a liver, but we didn't have time to mm-hmm. do that. Um, it was really cool. Cool. That was, it, that was a fun project. But yeah, the science fair is a big deal and a really great way for the kids to interact um, with information based on the scientific method. So if you've done CC in previous years, you kind of have to fill in the gaps for the different stuff that they're learning, as in we're doing math at home, we're doing reading at home. 
and kind of like if we want to dig deeper into the history, sciences, whatever. Yep. When you get into seventh grade, is it all encompassing? It sounds like it is. Or am I still, like as a parent, are you still trying to like find that science curriculum for the year? No, I believe that the challenge years are all encompassing in that okay. a lot of the things, a lot of the foundational material, spelling, grammar, um, historical things, uh, at this point in time, those should have been taken care of before <laughs> and if they aren't aka me <laughs> if they haven't been then you yeah obviously yeah. do that on your own time but I feel like the challenge curriculum is that's the thing that excites me the most about it is that it really is all-encompassing uh, as they push into the older years and you can look through the challenge materials as they get up into the years uh, they really do start to encompass everything that you need and everything that they would get in a normal high school level curriculum, mm -hmm. be it, you know, online homeschooling or public school. They definitely are on par with, like, learning the same, if not more, that they would learn in, okay. in the public school system. The only thing, obviously, it's a classical education, so you're not getting, you know, STEM, you're not getting tech you're that getting, is true. I noticed they have zero computer or yeah. or any computer sciences. Yeah. So the thing that I the thing that I you know just for myself know that my son is interested in stuff like that. So we just make it a point to do those things outside of our CC curriculum day. Mm -hmm. And you know if he wants to do any sort of like STEM tech activities, I feel like they. It, the kids get good music appreciation in the early years. And then mm -hmm. if you have your child, you know, playing an instrument or in choir or doing something like that, you know, that's obviously your extracurricular that you're going to do. But they don't add a lot of, um, you know, you're not going to get a lot of music or... They're not going to be playing the um, tin whistle in seventh grade. <laughs> thank, the, thank the good Lord. <laughs> Bless that instrument. But like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I know. I find it interesting because I've been reading up on a lot of uh, classical education books yeah. and some of the old ones. And it's funny because um, one of them was saying how classical educators in the 1800s were considered the most forward thinking, the mm -hmm. most scientific. Yeah. And the most... Um, the most on the bleeding edge of technology were right. really the classical educators. But now yeah. people see classical education and it has nothing to do with computers or tech, which is, it kind of goes against the foundational modern principles of yeah. classical education. But, it really does. But I think that yeah. too, what I, what I realize about classical education is that when we educate our kids classically, we really are helping them understand how to learn better, yeah. not just spoon feeding them information, yeah. um, not just throwing worksheets in front of their face, not just saying, here's your assignment, get it done and turn it back in and we hope you get an A. Yeah. You know, we're actually just sitting down with them and saying, okay, so here's what we need to do. Where would you find this information? Like, yeah. what? how do you, how do we learn this? Yeah. And creating systems, uh, that was one of my favorite things to do. I mean, who knew? I love Latin. I don't, I don't know everything about it, but I love learning language. And I think the reason why I loved learning Latin this year was because there is a formula to learning it. There, It is a puzzle, and it is logical. And if you logically put all of the pieces to the puzzle together, you can learn a language. Mm. So it's not necessarily that I know how to say every word in Latin. It's that if you put this piece of Latin in front of me, I understand the pieces in order to 
um, move Latin from Latin to English. Mm. Like, I've mm-hmm. learned all of the puzzle pieces. Mm. And so it really, each subject that we learn, it's really about teaching our children where do you find this information? How do you get to it? And and then how do you put it in a form that you can present to other people? Yeah. And when you yeah. do that, then they can right. learn anything from right. there, right? So I think that that's the thing that I have to keep reminding myself is, first of all, learning information sometimes takes very little time. So we, it's true. we can teach our children how to learn well, and then they can mm-hmm. go and learn whatever they need to know in a very short amount of time comparatively to life. Yeah. Um, and, and so I don't necessarily have to be worried about everything that I'm putting into their brains right now. Like, make sure we learn yeah. it all. Yeah. You yeah. know, I just have to make sure that they understand how to find the information. Yeah. And, and from a classical perspective, like, that's the basis of what we're teaching. We're not trying to make sure that they know every single piece of information yeah. the world has to offer. Totally. No, I agree. And, like, one of the first things that Charlotte Mason has said is that, the, for classical education, is that once the first, the beginning of classical education is being humble. Yeah. Humility and the fact that you know you're not going to know everything. And, like, that's just the beginning stages of that uh. rhetoric, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I think that's so true. And I, you know... Um, it, I, I just, I love that book, Educated. Yeah. Because here is this girl who didn't have any sort of education until she was 16, except she could read well. Mm-hmm. And then because of her character and her virtue yeah. and her drive with the ability to read, she did everything she needed to do and yeah. accomplished more than most of us. Yeah. And, um, and had nothing to do with making sure she had her geography of Africa memorized when she was seven, right. you know? And I just, so I totally agree with that where yeah. I feel like uh, we, we get overwhelmed. Us moms who are going into this middle school years were overwhelmed and then we're worried. And then, yeah, they were having too much fun playing down by the rock pond <laughs> these last wild and free years. And all of a sudden, <laughs> My daughter uh, totally thinks that Alaska is next to California because <laughs> my son can't spell the word cake. <laughs> because it is what it is. <laughs> but again, I think you have to be honest with yourself and say that's my fault, or yeah. we were having fun at the rock pond, but now, you know, and so we did. We we grabbed the spelling book, you yeah. know, for the first time, whizzed through level one in a week and a half. Yeah, you know, instead of that book taking us an entire year when she was six. Yes. And I think there is, you know, as your kids get older too, like my son this year, you know, we just, we had some moments and there was some (laughs) things that didn't get done. And then there was some other things that, you know, he really grabbed onto. And I was super surprised about some of the things that he was interested in and Mm -hmm. not so surprised about some of the stuff that he absolutely didn't want to do. And Mm -hmm. we slogged through some things because you know what? You just you gotta life. do hard things, yep. and it's not all gonna be a walk in the park. And if you create an environment where everything is just so interesting all the time, like mm-hmm. man, aren't your kids gonna be so bummed out when they get their first job? I know. <laughs> I mean, I preach that all the time. I have a I'm a creative professional, being yeah. a photographer, yeah, and traveling around the country and the world for photography, and. Eighty percent of my job sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it, so, we yeah. all do boring things yes. every day, and if your kids don't understand that they have to do hard stuff sometimes, yeah, it's just you're yeah. not you're That's doing them the a character. disservice. A little That's bit. the true classical education part is the yeah. character building yeah. and the virtue training. But so yeah. any we've we've gone on for forty minutes now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 
We're all over the what, place. What, um, what would be your final encouragement to moms going into these middle school years? Yeah, I think especially being a new director, but having gone through it last year and having a kid who honestly is not the most agreeable child on the planet. He didn't, didn't want to do the work when I mm-hmm. said it in front of him. Um, I think from a parenting perspective, I had to continue reminding myself that whatever we were doing was better than not doing anything and that he Mm. was getting a great education regardless if he drew every single map perfectly or finished the report to completion, that that those little steps that we took, that they were a lot. And also that, yeah, it can be done better and next year Mm. we'll work a little bit harder Um, But I would encourage moms, especially in these challenge years, that when you get your guide in your hand, remember that that's, it's in the definition, (laughs) like it's in the actual word. It is a guide and that you are still the teacher, the tutor and the director. They are there to help you in your homeschooling journey, but that you are still the director of your home and and your children's education. So making sure that you don't use the guide as a Bible, but more as an actual guide. Like Mm -hmm. it is, it's there to help you give your kid a great feast, but it's not necessarily like they don't have to eat every single bite. You have to do what's best for your family. Um, And that was something being a type A like, first child, like, <laughs> I am an eight on the Enneagram, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like, that was so hard for me this mm. year to just not feel guilt every day that we weren't getting it all done, to not scream and holler at my kid because he wasn't doing it. Mm. I mean, it was really hard, and we had some really tough days. So make sure that you are um, doing what's best for your family and and that you communicate with your director because they are just there to help you walk through this information with your kid. They are not the be-all, end-all. They, they're not there to grade your kid's papers. They're just there to help you and, and help you walk through the information well. Hmm. Um, so just, like, take it all with a grain of salt. Enjoy the time because these are the years where your kids are going to start questioning, arguing, yeah. talking back, <laughs> and you have to be prepared for it, but also you have to just have a healthy um, understanding of like of what is good argument and what is good conversation and then help your kids to understand that. Mm. Like that's your job this year is to help your kids understand what good argument looks like. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that's like my biggest encouragement is you can't do worse than I did this year, so <laughs> go for it. Yeah, and <laughs> to put that on a kind of more layman's terms, as a mom who's coming in who hasn't experienced any of this before, I was kind of saying, I feel like it's kind of like in the public school, they have a set curriculum. There's going to be one or two kids of that 30 who's going to be able to complete everything and right. get the 4.0. Yeah. Then you have all the rest of us who are getting 3.5 grades or or whatever system you have. We're all getting Bs and As, kind of, whatever, and that's good. Yeah. And yet we find in homeschooling, especially with these programs, when you are paying a considerable amount of money, considering, I feel like it's one of the most expensive homeschooling options you can do. Yeah. Maybe, I don't <laughs> you, know. Like, if you really think about yeah. it, like, 
uh, if I'm putting forth all this money, I want him to do everything. But no, the point of it is I'm doing all this money because where else could my son have even this one conversation about this one book in this setting? Right. You know, he's yeah. not going to get that anywhere else. Yeah. The way that, and even if all of my money went to have this one experience one week, I would feel like it's success. Because you can't. Yeah, the community yeah. aspect of CC is so helpful yeah. and and creates such an awesome like family for your family to interact with. Like we really, yeah. the communities are close knit, and it does give those kids a chance to talk to other students on a weekly and sometimes biweekly basis, where they're seeing these kids outside of their community yeah. day, and they do get to interact with their their peers and um, the information. So yeah, it is, it, it's awesome. Like yeah. the, the, the community that CC builds is awesome, but um, it's definitely worth it. And I think you just have to take each day with a grain of salt and like continue working through. Don't give up halfway through the year. Don't, <laughs> you know, don't throw a, don't throw a book out the window. I think, you know, just keep going and know that, that, know that your kid is going to get everything that they need and that whatever they do need that they didn't get, they're going to be able to learn it on their own because of what you've given them, hmm. you know, yeah. throughout the years totally. that you've been doing it. Um, I think yeah. it, it can get really daunting in these upper level years. And I think people just have to stay strong and remember that, th- that this is a great program and it's what you've chosen for your family and that you can do it. Like yeah. God will equip you to do everything that you need to do to raise your children well. And you just mm. have to keep leaning on him and continue to do your very best job, you know, helping your kids through the information. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you, Laren, for being here. You're if welcome. you guys have any questions, like I said, you can go to classicalconversations.com. Also, if you are a CC mom and you're like, where are these printed materials? It's in the catalog that they handed out, which you should be getting if you're going to a practicum, um, which is a three-day conference that's being held anywhere around near your city in the U.S. Um, sometime between May, June, and July, just depending on who and where you can find the website. And um, when we yeah. talk about the guide, that is something that you receive after you have paid uh, your have registered for your challenge program and you've paid your director, then you receive your guide before the year starts. So that's yeah. the guide that I'm talking about. You wouldn't be able to find that in the catalog or in the curriculum. It is an, an extra thing that you get once you yeah. pay for your program. Yeah, that's the guide, but they can still find their book list mm-hmm. in the, all the yeah. things. Yeah, all the, the, the things. They even have in the center of the catalog a little white thing with little bubbles that you can fill in once you've bought the book. So and it's... Book list in the catalog is the order in which you read the books in each challenge level year. Okay, cool. So it's pretty easy to figure that out. Sweet. If you have any more questions, you can comment on the Instagram page or Facebook or here. And please subscribe if you haven't. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a review as we are new and can use all of them. So have a great day, everyone. (laughs) Thank you.